Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Fools in Love podcast. Today we want to explore whether love is, and whether it should be, a transaction. What do we mean by that? Well, should love only be given when something will be expected in return? Oh, I love this topic because I think we could really unpack some things here. I think if we look at ourselves as a culture, we really look at everything so transactionally And it's really by the nature of everything, right? Because that's how a lot of things in life are. And and a lot of them work pretty well that way, to be honest. But when it comes back to your relationship, is that really how you want it? Exactly. I'm just kind of thinking like, you know, we go to work and then we get paid for it. And then we use that same money that we just got paid to go buy the food that we need, the clothes that we need, all those things. And that's just transaction after transaction. And then I think about relationships with not only just your marriage or your romantic partner, but just your children and your friends and all of those people that you encounter. And should we really be treating all of those relationships as transactions, as a what have you done for me lately kind of idea? Yeah, it's interesting too, because I think when you're talking about the topic of love too, it really opens up a whole can of worms because love is such a misused thing. Like I love tacos and I love you. You know, yeah. I love I love God and I love Netflix. Like it's <laughs> like, what, what, where are we going here? Like if someone was listening to us speaking about love, it's a very misconstrued word because you it could mean so many different things. And depending on how it's portrayed, depending on how it's spoken and in what sense and in what environment, it changes its meaning 100%. And I think when you're thinking about love too, a lot of times you can think of it as like one of these other transactional things. Like when I'm going to buy something at the store, I need money to buy that thing, right? But I, I'm i guessing like you out there have a limited amount of money. Like I have the resource of money, but I only have so much. I'm only going to be able to swipe my card so many times and it's going to run out. And I feel like a lot of times in life, we look at love the same way. We look at it in a very finite way. And love ultimately is not finite. You have an infinite amount of love. And if you want me to prove that to you, go out today and get a puppy. No, don't go get a puppy. (laughs) But if you go out and just see like a puppy or you get a puppy or you get a pet, say you're not a dog person, maybe you're a cat person, you get a pet. You think maybe you have no more love in your heart. You will find a way to love that little animal. Like it's, it's not something that can actually run out. A lot of us is built on love, the idea of love. And that resource is an infinite resource that constantly can recharge, re-energize and expand. So if you're looking at it in a way as like a transaction of what have you done for me, then what is that going to mean for your relationship when that person doesn't deliver to the extent that you want them to deliver? Mm, That is some truth there. So, you know, I was just thinking like when you have your first boyfriend or your first girlfriend, It's easy to see those first kind of basic relationships as very transactional, right? Like your first boyfriend when you're like in fifth or sixth grade or whatever. That's like the person who can be your social status, the person who can take you to the middle school dance and take you by mean, you know, like meet you there because, of course, you're like 10. 
who can provide you with a teddy bear on Valentine's Day, those kind of things. It's all super transactional. Like there's no deep, mature love there. You're not doing things out of the goodness of your heart because there's no real development. But I think that as you grow and mature and you have more relationships that are older and wiser and then you eventually find the person that you'll marry or just be in a committed relationship with, they become more substantial. And as we invest those months, years, and decades into that relationship, you have to learn to love regardless of what you can get from that person. There's no more of what can they do for me. And if there is, then we have some problems. Right. We do have problems. I think most people look at it that way. When we talk to a lot of different couples, when I see a lot of different couples out, they're doing it that way. They're keeping score. They're keeping track. They're they're saying, well, you know, my husband or my partner didn't do this and I did this, but they didn't do that. And it's in when you're looking at it that way, it's just a really warped way of looking at it because you're wanting them to deliver. And on the other side of that, which is a real big mirror moment, then you somehow are above them and how you are because they owe you these things. You're entitled to this because you've put in the time, you've put in the energy. So then you're entitled to get back what you see fit, not necessarily what they are capable or want to give you in the moment, but what you think you deserve based on how you've shown up in the past. Yeah, like what you're owed. We're not saying that you should stay in any sort of unhealthy relationship. That is not what we mean. But we are talking about how we view our partners and their worth. And do we see them as lovable and worthy regardless of the tasks they're doing for us and the gifts and the time that they're spending on us? So I just wanted to pop that note in there. Right. But I think you said it a little bit before you touched on it. But when we're talking about it, too, we're going to specifically talk a little bit about relationships as a as a married couple, as partners in life. But like you said, it can go to any other relationship. This can really spill over and bleed over into any relationship where there's some love there because that you need to look at it in a lens where like, hey, maybe you're looking right now at your relationship, but say you're a single person. You can still take this to your other relationships and your other love relationships, i.e. family, friends, you know, other loved ones in your life. That is something that you can take everywhere you go. And so I think this episode is going to be helpful for anyone, no matter where they're coming from, because we all have love that we're trying to give and love we're trying to receive. Right. And I think that we should talk real quick about like, how do you determine if you're in a transactional relationship? And I just wanted to say that when we're talking about this, what we mean is this type of love, this non-transactional love means that you don't expect something in return. So This transactional relationship idea, if you are in one, that would be that one or other or both is definitely expecting, definitely expecting something in return as they're paying out their love. Right. And so like this would look like in real time. Well, I, you know, always do this for Megan. I always do this for her and she never does this for me. I always step up and do this. And then you never do that. If that's something you constantly hear yourself saying, you might just be in a transactional relationship with a transactional love because you're looking for something in return based on the things that you've done in the past. And you're using that as ammo in the future to make your partner or whoever else kneel to your needs and what you want. Mm -hmm. Another warning sign of a transactional relationship. 
is if you're keeping score, if you're thinking internally, like what tasks, what chores, what amount of time did I spend doing the necessary things to keep things moving? This is when you're outside of the fun times. This is when you're doing like the actual work of a of your daily life. Like, oh, well, I spent three hours and 27 minutes taking care of the kids. And now you owe me three hours and 27 minutes of time alone, that kind of thing. Like these necessary things that we do and we're keeping score. If you're keeping score, that's definitely a warning sign. Yeah, that's right. And and again, I see so many couples do this where they say they have this like kind of ongoing debt. Like you're building up this debt that your partner or friend or loved one can't possibly dig out of. And you're doing things that naturally you would do anyway, but yet you're going back and you're keeping score. You're saying, well, I took care of the kids for this many hours, but it's our role as parents to take care of our kids equally, right? And so if it's our role as parents to take care of the kids, then I can't use that then as something to push back on you to say that I've done that. And so if you find yourself in any way tallying up the things that you've done in comparison to theirs, like a chart, you know, with Brandon on one side, Megan on the other, and I've done this and you've done that, and I've done this and you've done, and you're comparing back and forth, you're definitely t- teaching yourself and your mind that that's a transactional thing and that's the way it should be when in fact, it's not the way it should be. Here's a question for consideration. Do you and your partner fight about the fairness of various aspects of your life together? Is that an argument that pops up? Never. I've never done that. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's it, if you've caught yourself saying that's not fair, whether you verbally say it or you say it in your mind. I know a lot of times I don't say things out loud, but I say it in my mind. And we've talked about it before on here, but like you see me on my cell phone and you're like sitting there doing laundry and you're like, that's not fair. I want to be sitting on my phone. I don't want to be doing laundry. He owes me because I'm doing this laundry. So he should get up and do something else. And again, I'm not saying in some sense that you can't expect some things from your partner. It's just, why do you expect those things? That's a difference. Like if you expect me to show up as a husband in a certain way, or your partner show up in a certain way as a role, as a partner, as a, as a, as someone coming beside you and supporting you, that's all right. But it's when it gets to the point of entitlement and owing me that because of what I did, where it gets a little icky. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up because this is not an episode about expectations because clearly there have to be expectations in any relationship or you're not going to know how to function inside of your relationship. So thanks, B, for clearing that up. And then the other question to consider is, would you do the things you do for your partner even if you knew they wouldn't do anything back for you? Oh, man, that's that's a gut check for a lot of people, I'm sure. And, you know, it is for me. I, I When I look at that question, I have to reflect on that too, because a lot of times, even subconsciously, I think I do that where I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, I'm a, I'm a loving husband and blah, blah, blah. But I'm also, am I expecting things? I think if I, if I can be honest with all of you, yeah, I think I do. I think a lot of times I do things with the expectation that if I'm a good boy, you know, we it, it comes from our childhood ultimately. But if I'm a good boy or girl and I do these things, then maybe I'll get some candy. But it's not candy, you know, because we're grownups now. So maybe I'll get this or that or the other based on the fact that I've shown up as a good person. But am I being a good person to get that thing? Or am I being a good person because it's the right thing to do to be a good person and show up as a good partner? 
ultimately, you got to check your intentions and your intent for why you're showing up in the way that you're showing up. If it's to do any of these things that Megan's just listed, keeping the score, tallying things up, accruing a debt for your partner they don't even realize is accruing, then you definitely want to look a little deeper and expand into why that is and start to look at ways to possibly change that. Absolutely. And guys, if these things are happening often, then it's definitely time to consider that you're viewing your relationship as a transaction and that you're only willing to put in the effort, the time, the money, the whatever, when you know the payoff will be big enough for you. And when you don't think that's going to be reciprocated, you stop trying because the effort's just not worth it for you. Right. And I think, I think a lot about like with our, with our culture, with our entrepreneurial culture. I mean, we're entrepreneurs, but the, a lot of times when you look at things from a business perspective, you hear the term ROI, right? Return on investment. And so what you were just saying is exactly that. You're looking for a return on your investment. So if I put in this time with you, then am I going to get something that's like really great in return? Cause then it's totally worth my time. But if you're not going to show up for me the way that I think you're going to show up for me, then I'll go find someone else who can then put, I can put in the time and that's a better investment for me. You know, like you're looking at investments across the board and you're like, this girl might be a little better for me, Meg. Sorry, because if I invest over here with her, then maybe I can, you know, fill up my 401k a little bit better in my life. You know, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little silly, but that's how we look at it. Yeah. I think that when there's so much emphasis on the ROI and a relationship standpoint, That's where the magic is lost in the relationship. Like it's just becoming a business partnership and way less of a relationship. It's no longer unconditional love because you don't think you're getting enough back. And when you don't think you're getting enough back, you're going to check out, you're going to become dissatisfied, and you're going to struggle to feel in love with your partner. We've got to move away from that. This is a ROI type deal and instead just focus on the actual relationship and being the best person we can for each other. And how you do that is totally up to you and your relationship, but you got to start somewhere. It's, it, that's entirely right. And the thing too is, I, I, as you were talking, I was just reflecting on the fact that when we started out in a relationship, it was transactional. We were like, you know, I was taking to Applebee's or whatever, you know, we were going on a date, going (laughs) on movies, doing all the fun things. So what happens when the fun things go away and real life happens? Because we've all been in relationships where we start the relationship, you're in that honeymoon phase and it's great, but you don't ultimately know, we didn't know, and you probably didn't know in your beginnings of your relationship, what a relationship is even supposed to be. You don't really understand that it goes beyond that. And if you never get past that stage, then you're constantly going from relationship to relationship looking for something that is impossible to fill in because you have to live in a place where you're loving someone without any expectation at all. And the thing is, if you do love someone without any expectations of what they should do, how they should show up, what they should do for you in exchange, you'll find a more meaningful, mature, and loving ultimately relationship because you're not putting so much expectation on what they're going to deliver based on the love that you provide. Absolutely. And in good and healthy relationships, there is going to be give and take. Like We are not trying to say that there's not give and take. Of course there's give and take. And both partners are going to do things for the other person. But like Brandon was saying, it's not because one person has to or one person is owed that thing. It's just an act of love for love's sake to show that other person how much they're loved, cherished, appreciated, 
acknowledged. That's why you're doing it, not to hurry up and figure out what they're going to do back or so that, you know, if you bring them their morning coffee, they'll bring you the evening tea. Like it's not just, <laughs> it's not just. Man, an I evening. love that evening tea. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even drink tea. I don't know where I came up with tea. <laughs> and look, I mean, the thing is, tea aside, <laughs> it's, it's tough, right? I mean, the things we're saying right now, the things we're challenging you with today, they're not easy. If they were easy, everyone would be doing it. The reality is most people are not living in a meaningful, loving relationship and companionship with other people. They're doing these exact things that we're saying, but do you want that? Is that serving you? Is that helpful to you? Do you feel more loved and fulfilled by putting those impressions on other people of what they should do? Or would you rather love someone wholeheartedly and not have to think about what that means on the other side. So I was kind of thinking like, what are some things that we've had to do that we're still working on just to kind of move away from that transaction and kind of just be in a relationship together and enjoy each other more and stop focusing on the outcome and just instead focus on the love itself. And I think one of the things that has really helped us over the years is just this simply to stop keeping track of what, I've done for you and you've done for me and instead focus on, like I said, loving each other fully and well, and it's not going to be an even score. So you have to accept that. I think when you can accept that, like, it's not always even, there are times when it's given times when it's taken, you kind of flip and swap roles as the months, days, years, whatever go on. Like it just is an ebb and flow because it's a relationship and that's going to carry over into this idea of the transactions too. Like sometimes there's going to be times when you need to help me a lot out a little more. And sometimes I'll need to help you out a little more. And that's okay. Like it doesn't mean that one of us is going to owe each other in the end. Right. And and the reality is that's the way life works in general. You're never showing up at 110% every day. There's days where I lean on you more. There's seasons where I lean on you more, whether that's months or years or whatever it is. And there's times where you lean on me and it's, it is a give and take. It is an ebb and flow. As you said, these things happen over time when you're willing to show up in the way that you're willing to show up. And if both of you are willing to show up that way, whether it's a friendship, relationship, whatever it is, you're both going to end up being more fulfilled and feel more connected than you ever have because that's where the true intimacy happens in those moments where you're not keeping score. You're willing to lean on that person. You're willing to let them lean on you as long as they need to because you know they got your back in the end, no matter what. Definitely. And I think that another thing that we've done is just really learn each other's love languages and try to respect those and come out ahead on those because that's going to make sense for both partners when you both know each other's love language. Like learning that and performing those love languages for each other is going to not necessarily make it even because it's not about being even and keeping score. We've already established that. But what it does do is help you spend your time and your energies wisely in a way that's going to ultimately help your partner know that they're loved. Right. I mean, you ultimately want to show up in a meaningful way that's going to nurture the relationship and the love languages tap right into that because you could buy me things all day long and it's not going to do anything for me. It just won't. It's just not how I'm built. It's not how I receive love. It's not how I fill up my love tank, as they say. You could literally buy me things all day long. It's not going to work. There are certain things that work for me that you know that you've learned that you had to take the time to do and I had to be vulnerable enough to take the time to share. 
In order for that to happen, all of that had to come into place, and then we're able to fill up each other's love tanks. Ooh. <laughs> I think next, too, is just the thing that we we fall off of a lot, I'll be honest, but is the most helpful to us personally, and it might be very helpful for you to explore, is just having fun together, to be together, to date together, to relax together. Do things that bring you enjoyment. And that doesn't necessarily mean always doing my thing either. Like it's doing the things like I've learned to do the things that you like to do. And you've learned to do the things that I like to do in order to make this work. And we've found ways to meet in the middle and have fun together in those moments. And that's brought us much closer together in a way that we can really just kind of enjoy each other's company without any expectation of what we're getting. I love that one because that has definitely been huge for us. And then there's going to come a time when arguments will pop up. It's just life, right? Say it's not so. (laughs) (laughs) But guys, this is the place to resist the urge to pull up the scorecard. It's time to let that scorecard go. Like deal with the issue at hand without bringing up the fact that you have done 6.32 more nice things for them this month than they did for you. We've got to get to the point where when we argue, it's not our first reaction, it's not our first instinct to go back to the scorecard that we've supposedly gotten rid of, right? Because that's where we're going to go. It's just how it goes. It's just what it is. We have to resist that urge because we cannot constantly pull up the past. We cannot constantly say, well, we're done with this idea and then bring it up every single time things go south. Oh boy. I mean, that's huge because as soon as you have an argument, Many times you pull out the ammo, right? All the past things that you supposedly had gotten over. Well, let me just give you a little gut check here. What does your word mean? I mean, you're talking about the fact that you've forgiven whatever this thing is. You're talking about the fact that that's no longer an issue. So why is that coming up then in moments of conflict? Why are you using that to jab at your partner in the moments where if it's past, If you've said it's past, if you've spoken those words, what does your word actually mean? Do you believe that in your heart? Are you just saying that hollowly with your words? It just, it, it needs to have substance. If you say you've forgiven these things, if you say you've forgotten these things, if you say that that's not an issue anymore, then don't bring it up every time you get in a fight, whether it's about leaving the cabinet door open or something much bigger. Why does that come up in those places? Because you're treating it like a transaction. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. There are already just so many things in this world where transactions are normal and even necessary. But when it comes to our marriages, our romantic relationships, our parenting, and even our friendships, what if we just stopped worrying about what we will get back and instead lovingly and wholeheartedly put it all out there, doing the very best we can to love others well? Oh, that's right. We love y'all. We hope this episode touched your heart. Please let us know over at social media at The Fools in Love, and we'll see y'all next week. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like The Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear. 